Welcome to the podcast arm of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Peculiar People's Parish, based in Regina, Canada. Our mandate is pursuing His purpose, pronouncing His power, and proclaiming His praise. You can subscribe to our podcast channel today, so you never miss an episode of our podcasts. Be blessed by this teaching. Glorious time in God's presence again today. And I'm glad uh, that we're able to make it down here to study together at the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that God himself will teach us everything he wants us to know today in Jesus' name. It is difficult for any man to teach some of these things. But I tell you, if the Holy Spirit teaches you, the difference is always clear. So it depends so much on the Holy Spirit of God to guide and to teach us into what he wants us to know today. And it is so in Jesus' name. So last time we have had a, a you know, series of discussion before we went on a short break uh, due to other programs. We talked last two weeks on um, spiritual capacity in focus and we started looking at uh, spiritual capacity. Spiritual capacity. So, um, and I, I just want to reiterate again that we would, by God's grace, as the Lord allows us, there's no need to hurry or rush. If the Lord says put a hold to it right now, we put a hold and we continue some other things that the Spirit asks us to do. But in this season, uh, we look into spiritual capacity, we look into emotional capacity, we look into mental capacity, we look into physical or bodily capacity. Okay, okay? says that uh, physical exercise profited a little. That little is important. You understand that? Very important. But we'll talk about it when the time comes. And then it talks about financial capacity. God wants us to be comfortable financially as believers. And so all of these things are total package that comes during our salvation. You see, Kenneth Tegan was praying to the Lord someday and I trusting the Lord for, I think, for a new car or something. He said, oh, up, up until that time, he had always been believing God that he would never make it financially. He would just manage his rickety car. He would just, you know, live in poverty. We don't call it poverty. We say we think it's humility, you know. Said and, and then he would just continue to serve the Lord until Jesus comes and takes him home and things like that. But he was going for a program, if I remember the story correctly now, and his, uh, the rickety car broke down. And the uh, man of God suffered and suffered and suffered. And I, I, I can't remember if he was able to make that program. But anyway, that was the turning point in his life. And he was like, no. Lord, I'm trusting you, a car must come. A, I must get a new car. I can't be coping with this one <laughs> because I need it for the work of the ministry. The people are gathered and waiting for him, but he could not reach the venue of the program on time or couldn't even reach at all because of poverty, you know, and he was praying. And at this time, he had been healing the sick. He had been raising the dead. He has been doing all sorts of things that the Lord wanted to do through him. And so he was asking, Lord, ah, I need faith to be able to get a car. He said, God just says, stop. You don't need any faith. The same faith you use to heal people is the same faith you need to get yourself out of poverty. It's the same. There are no two faiths. Faith is faith. And of course, we've been taught here, Romans chapter 12, verse 3, the measure of faith. Second Peter, is this Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2? Like precious faith. It's the same faith. It's the faith. Okay. And I think we have also established here that faith does not multiply. I have two faith. I have three faith. He has ten faith. No. Faith grows. Faith grows. Okay. It, it is progressive from one level to another. So we have, we talked about three levels of progress or progression. The other time we had a study. Can somebody remind us? Hoshas, please, you can get ready with microphone. There will be a lot of questions, I believe. Three level of progression that we studied here. It's not it's inexhaustive, but at least we, we mentioned three. Yes, sir. No faith at all. No faith. That's that's the level where so many people are, unfortunately. No faith. You know. And some people that has faith, the faith just helped. I mean, they just had faith and they got saved. And they think that is all. But the scripture is telling us that you can move to the next level. And what is the next level? Little faith, little faith, and that's also depending on what little means, you know, in, in, the, in our particular, in individual lives. Some persons, their faith has grown to the extent that it can heal, you know, headache, 
and they can heal. You know, you can get some uh, couple of five hundred dollars from from. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, when the need arises, but when the need for ten million dollars arises, uh, that faith is not. You hear people say, "My faith did not carry that one." Okay, so that faith need to grow, and of course, the last level we talked about was great faith. Great faith. So among these three, which one did the Lord command? Why would God command great faith? Why didn't God command even little or, or no? Why would God command great faith? Can somebody help us out? Very quickly. Very quickly. Why did you think God would command great faith? Yes, sir. Brother Isaac. Because the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. Yes, sir. So eh, somebody has little ask faith now. <laughs> but God did not say, ah, that faith to serve, you have little faith. You need to please God greatly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. Brother said, we need to please God greatly. Thank you. All right. Okay. Why do we think God would only commit great faith? I have not seen such a great faith in Israel. Why would God commit great faith? Ah. Hello, church. We don't. We have no idea. Okay, Saturday we'll try. I want to try, sir. Yes, please. <laughs> Great faith moves God to to do some things beyond our expectation. He sees our hearts. You know when we. Looking into our heart, the way we see him, the way we look up to him, so it moves him to do beyond what Great faith moves God. Well, thank you, ma. <laughs> Little faith also still moves God. I mean, still brings some result. But thank you for that. Okay, now hands are coming. Thank you, Statiti, for your <laughs> comment. Maybe that's motivating. Okay, Brother Samuel here. How many hands did I see here again? I want two. Okay, I wanted two to talk. Yes, sir. Your input equals your outputs. So for what, the reason why God was, um, oh, the reason why God was um, commend, com commending him was because he saw that great input. He so, saw great input. So God and was commending that. It. Thank you. God bless you. Yeah. Uh, two more answers. Yes, ma'am. Yes, Mr. Dorcas. God's intention for us is great. So he wants us to that, that's aim all, great. That's all I want to hear. You see it. That's God's expectation. That is God's expectation. What is that? Do, do the other person still want to talk? Okay, that's all. Okay. Case close. <laughs> Case close. Okay. Okay. Sister Peju, right? Yes. Yeah. In addition to what that sister said, because God says if we believe in him, greater thing that he has done, we will do. Exactly. Why is God using those words? Because he doesn't want us to remain in one state, just one level. He, he, that's his expectations. Have, you all not, have we not all been quoting the part of the just is like what? Shiny how? Brighter and... In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, we behold in, as, as in the mirror, right? But we are being changed from one level of glory to another. It's, there is no end to what God wants to do with you and I. He commends great faith because that is his expectations. He wants our faith to grow. And I think we have established in our study last time that um, if there is any attack on a believer... Whether attack on your joy, on your material things, on your business, on whatever. Devil is targeting one thing, our faith. So that our faith will fail. He said to Peter, Luke chapter 22, I think verse 31 now, that Satan had asked for you to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you. So that's where we're going this, this evening. That's where we're starting from this evening. But I just want to establish that when the devil comes with those temptations and trial, he wants to attack our faith. And we established the other time, why would the devil want to attack just our faith? Why? We are talking about spiritual capacity. Why would the devil want to attack our faith? Yes. Please, I need more hands. Bro Muturu, uh, sister, sister Barbara, please, can you give Bracken the microphone here? Yes, sir.
An attack on the faith of a believer um, means that that believer would not be able to please God whatsoever. Thank you. And um, Thank you. such attack would introduce doubt, and doubt leads to denial. Thank you. Thank you. Such believer would not be able to please God whatsoever. So that's an attack on faith is a very, very deadly attack. If devil attacks everything, but your faith is standing, we will establish it today that you still win the battle. Do we understand that? We will establish it today that you still win the battle because all he wants is that the faith might fail. What, does he, what was he looking for in the life of Job? That Job might deny God. That's all. Curse this God and die, the wife says. Before that time, he has destroyed his animals and everything, went back to God again. God says, you see, the guy passed. They will say he did not pass. Let me touch his bone and let me touch his flesh. Flesh for flesh and bone for bone. You will see, he will curse you. And God says, go and do. He touched Job, physical flesh and bones, and caused sickness and ailment to be on him. And you know the woman, the Bible calls the woman the flesh of my flesh and the bone of my bone, isn't it? He touched Job in the spiritual flesh and bone too. And that one came. Go and read your Bible. It's after that conversation with God that the woman came. He touched, the, he touched the flesh and the bones of Job from the wife. That spiritual flesh. This is my flesh and this is my bone. And the woman came and said, Cost this God and die. And Job said, why do you speak like one of these stupid women out there? Can a man receive good from God and not evil? Although he was talking his own, our everything good comes from God. I hope you know that. It's not everything that Job said that was correct. I hope you know. Aha. Uh because -huh. he thought it was God that was punishing and afflicting him. Was it God? That was the meeting God called him and said, sit down. Where were you when I was doing this? And in Job chapter 42 verse 5, he said, I've been hearing of you by the hearings of the ears. But now, my eyes have seen. May you see God better. Amen. Clarity. And you don't need to be told when you have an experiential knowledge of God. So we establish it that faith is progressive. When the devil comes against our faith, we will not be able to please God. Faith is the bedrock of our spiritual life, of Christian living. When, they, when somebody says he has come to Christ, the only thing and only reason why we come and remain in Christ is by faith. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, for by faith are you saved? Oh. For by grace are you, I'm always missing that. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. So we are saved by grace, we live by, I mean by grace through faith. We live by faith, we don't live by sight. And without faith it is impossible to please God. So the devil comes around to attack our faith at that moment. It can really paralyze it so much that we will not be able to please God at that moment. But I pray for you, and I pray for myself, our faith will not fail in the name of Jesus Christ. So the, the point here is apostles were asking Jesus, increase my faith, O Lord. And the Lord Jesus told them that for your faith to increase, we establish how do you increase your faith? By how do you increase faith? When they pray, by exercising action, thank you, put it to use. Go use it. Jesus told them, if you have faith as little as mustard seed, what should you do with it? Speak to the mountain or to the mulberry. Speak to this mulberry. Speak to this tree. Be uprooted and it will be uprooted. So using the faith is what increases the faith. Do we understand that? It's what makes the faith work. So the question now is how do we put our faith into use? Let's be thinking about that. We'll get to it. How do we put our faith to use? I need practical examples. Because we are talking about practicality of, the, of this teaching now. How can I put my faith to use? Okay. Um, I'll move on. I believe the media team, you are with me. Uh, we want to look at Peter progressive faith. So we see in the life of Peter, Luke 22, 31 to 34, Jesus Christ gave him an expo of what was happening in the spirit realm. Jesus Christ gave him the secret information that he's not aware of. May I also tell us and let us know that devil is called the accuser of brethren. Remember that? The book of Revelation chapter 12, he accuses us all the time. He looks for fault. 
So if you're doing anything secretly and you think nobody sees it, devil also sees it though. Seeing attracts him. Seeing is like a, it's like, it's a, it's like a magnet. Thank you. He, whenever sin is happening, mm-hmm. you know how holiness is the nature of God. Sin is the nature of the devil. John chapter, uh, chapter 6, I think, verse 45, I'm not mistaken, in NIV, said when he talks lie, he speaks his native language. That's his nature. So sin attracts him. Anywhere there is disobedience, there is rebellion, there is, you know, devil is there. Father of commotion and trouble. And so there is no sin we do secretly. That is not aware because his aura is sin. And it will, it will bring that accusation before the Father. So, Debu um, told Jesus, I mean, acts in the realm of the Spirit to sift Peter and the, the remaining apostle. Let's look at that in the Luke chapter 22. Luke 22, verse 31. And uh, Luke 22, 31. I, I don't know if NLT will put it better or amplified, but I need the. Uh, the translation that talks about see all of them. I know the Berean Christian Bible mentioned that. Now, it said in verse 31, do we have it on? Okay, Simon, Simon, Satan had asked to sift thank you, each of you like with. That's what I want to emphasize. That you there in King James Version is not just one person. It's talking about Satan had asked to sift all of you as with. Wants to sift you, Okay. And then takes the drain the good one out of you. Remember John 10:10, 10, 10, the thief cometh not, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Devil wanted to do that to Peter. Now, may I also inform us that same way Satan is looking for accusation for, against every one of us every now and then. Do we understand? But don't be scared. Because he that dwelleth in us. Is greater than the one that lives in the world. First John chapter 4, verse 4. Don't be scared. He said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Now, he is just looking for something. He will find nothing in the name of Jesus Christ. So, Satan wanted to sift each of you as wheat. Okay? That uh, each of you like wheat. Now, go home. But I have pleaded in prayer for you. That you there is pure. it's a singular you. Satan wants to ask God to sift all of you, each of you, like with, but I've prayed for you that your faith will not fail. I've prayed for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you, he's talking to him now, Peter, when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers, the rest of them. Number one question. Why would Jesus pray for Peter only? Yes, who can help us? Do we all agree that Satan wanted to sift all of them, but Jesus prayed for Peter? Why? Okay, we have Sister Debbie here, we have Sister Precious here. And don't pass Pastor Sheyu because the Bible must drop. Yes, ma'am. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We agree that every attack is on our faith. Yes. Jesus knew that uh, Peter is going to deny him. If Jesus has not prayed for him and he successfully denied Jesus without that prayer, that we affect the rest of them because that was an attack on their on faith. His faith. On your faith. Thank you very much, ma'am. Because of Jesus has seen ahead that Peter was going to deny. And of course he mentioned it. Okay. Very good. Thank you, ma'am. But yes, let's take more. Maybe we'll hit it. Yes. Okay, I just remember the scripture that I said, um, on you, Peter, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Huh? So you have opened <laughs> a serious discussion. Okay. Yeah, so I'm just thinking, um, Peter has the mandate. Um, TPT put it some, said um, in that same verse, 32 of that scripture, I said, um, but I have prayed for you, Peter, that when you have to stay faithful to me, no matter what comes, remember this, that after you have turned back to me and you have been restored, make it your life mission 
to strengthen the faith of your brothers. Mm. So Peter being the rock where, you know, the Lord will build his church and all that is like, mm. you are the person to lead, to Thank make you. your life mission to strengthen the rest of. Thank you. Thank you for those, those powerful contributions. I'm so proud of this church. We know Bible law. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Okay. I didn't want to go to that discussion, but since you brought it up, we'll go there. <laughs> okay, we'll go there. Now, um, it's just, I mean, it's occurring to us that we can strengthen one another's faith. Right? And if you can do positive, we can also do negative. We can weaken people's faith. Do we know? Somebody can come to you now and say, I have a great business plan. It is Holy Spirit. I drop it in the Holy Spirit. Whoa, which Holy Spirit? <laughs> My brother, use your sense. And the person's faith will just crash just because he speaks to you. We can weaken people's faith and we can strengthen one another's faith. PPP, let us always learn to strengthen one another in faith, in the place of prayer, in the place of encouragement and advice, in the place of, you know, the word of God. Because what you say, the scriptures let your word be seasoned with salt. Ma, sir? That my minister grace. Thank you. So we need to strengthen one another. Jesus knew that Peter was going to deny him in future and he said it to him. And Jesus also knew that your brothers will be weak and he needs Peter to play a role. Thank you so much, man. God bless you. Who has raised up and Pastor Shea, whether you raised up or not, sir. <laughs> Give us some expo, sir. What do you think, sir? Okay. Um, uh, Sister Precious went there, but um, um, when Jesus was saying that upon this I'll build my church, um, it was upon the revelation that um, came from Peter. He said, Peter, flesh and blood have not revealed this unto you, mm. but by the Spirit. So, because of that um, revelation of the bathing of the church, there was this attack on him because of that revelation that came through him. Because revelation is also what baths our faith That's right. and strengthens our That's faith. That's right. Thank you so much, sir. You see? Uh, thank you, Pastor. She just solved the problem for me because I'd wanted to go through that realm and it might lead into some more detailed uh, exposition. But thank you, sir. That's exactly the point. So... Now, you're not totally wrong if you say, uh, Jesus said, I will build this church on Peter. Many, many people were confused because Peter means Petra. Okay, small, small pebbles. Okay, and he says, upon this rock. So he was just using words, comparison of words. But at the end of life, you and I know that Peter, God didn't build any church on Peter, right? At least. Because Peter even was not the sole authority of the church at that time. He has to sit down with other apostles and they would discuss. And they, <laughs> the person who God will build church up, but he said there are some things Paul dropped that even me, I don't understand. Do you know that in the scripture? He said there are some words that were said by our brothers Paul, but, I mean by our brother Paul, but they are very difficult to understand. So they, it's the confession, it's a revelation that came out of Peter's mouth, which flesh and blood did not reveal to him. Uh, that looks, because there are two different opinions. There's an opinion that just believe that it's Peter. In fact, some people think it was the one that started Roman Catholic, and they say he's the Pope, the first Pope that Roman Catholic we have is Peter. That's not true. Peter didn't start Roman Catholic, okay? So many people believe that, and they say he's the Pope, and because God built his church on him. No, God didn't build church on Peter. So but on the revelation of the word that proceeded out of Peter's mouth, the Lord said, I will build, because that is the rock that God was saying. Hallelujah. Okay, so God prayed for Peter, though, or Jesus prayed for Peter, because of those points we have made, mentioned. Peter was going to be a very key factor, in the establishment of the church, he was the first man to preach the gospel after the Holy Spirit came upon them. Remember? It was the same man. Let's go to the next one. Don't let me jump ahead myself. In uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 50 to 54, we will not have time to read. All of them deserted him. Everybody deserted Jesus. All. When the Bible says all, it meant all. But in that same place, there was one man that still followed him. At a distance. And who was this? That was the Peter. 
God sees our heart even before we act. He knows what you will do. I was the same man will say, if God tells me today that you are a robber, and he has never stolen before, he said, you know what? I will go and start repenting because God must have seen that I will become a robber. Does somebody understand that? Whether you, whatever we think we are doing, you know there was a guy in the scripture that came to a king, uh, he was a servant of a king, a soldier or so, and when, the, is it prophet Elijah or Elijah now, saw him and started crying. I said, my father, why are you crying? He said, because of the evil you will do. <laughs> By the time you become king, he was just a slave. Uh, he was telling the prophet, he said, I'm just a slave, I'm, how can I be a king? Is it Jeroboam now? Or so? Because, is it, no, is it Jehu? I think it was the one that the kingdom divided into two. Anyways, that's not where we're going today. But you should know it's in the Bible, right? Okay. God sees our action even before we conceive it. Before we even think about it. And so Peter here, the Lord was telling Peter that you will deny me. In that Luke 22, Peter was bragging. Was bragging. And Jesus told him, Simon, you will deny me. By the time they come for you, you will deny me three times before God crows. And was, I know, Lord, even if unto death, I will die with you. Okay. In Luke 22, verse 55 to 62, Peter eventually denied Jesus. Eventually. Three times, not once. They came to him, a young girl came to him even. Very small girl. And Peter still says, I, didn't, I, don't, I don't know him. Okay. So after that, Peter repented. Okay. Peter, in, verse, in Acts chapter, chapter 4, verse 5 to 21, Peter boldly preached Christ before the Sanhedrin. Peter boldly spoke about Jesus Christ. Maybe we should just take a look at that. Acts chapter 4. You know, we're in Bible study. Let's, so let's read some Bible passages. Acts chapter 4. These things, you don't have opportunity in message to dwell on them so much. And it came to pass in verse 5 on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas and, uh, Annas and the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexandra, as many as were the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And, they, and when they had set them in the midst, they brought them into the midst of people. And they asked them, by what power or by what name have you done this? And who spoke again? Peter. Peter was going to be an arrowhead. In the establishment of the church. And Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and the herders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man Stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught. So it started hitting them hard now. Which was set at naught of you builders. Which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men. Whereby we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness. Your boldness can be seen. Your boldness can be seen. I'm, saying, I'm just bold inside. Let it bold outside. When they saw the boldness, and all that alone, of Peter and John, and perceived that they were, they, they, that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. May your life become a marvelous life to people. That people will marvel at what God is doing through you. We will move from being wanderers to wonders of this world. This, they were marveled. They were surprised, the scripture says. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Remember when Jesus called them, follow me and I'll make you. When you follow Christ, it makes. It makes. It does not mar. He said, follow me and I'll make you. And he actually made them so much that when they saw them, they knew that these ones had been with Jesus. Because their boldness was an evidence. And behold, 
And beholding the man which was healed, standing with them, they could, not, they could do nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they, confer, I mean, they conferred among, them, I mean, among themselves, saying, what shall we do? And so on and so forth. So we can see from that passage that Peter was able to stand. Now, the part I want to read, and I don't want to miss that, Peter replied them, uh, where was this? Okay, verse 18. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at, at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. What was Peter's response? Do you have it projected? Everybody, can we go read? But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of... Now you see that. It's no longer whether it's right in your sight, but whether it be right in the sight of God to akin unto you more than God judge you. Whether I be right in your sight, I mean the sight of God rather, you no longer look at people with the lens of human. You look at situation with the lens of God. What would God say? What would God do? Peter was, he became totally a different man and then he was, he was uh, carrying out the assignment. But in verse 20 he said, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and we have heard. See how faith grows. A man of no faith to a man of little faith to a man of great faith that he was ready to die for Jesus Christ. And of course, in 2 Peter chapter 1, 13 to 16, Peter was speaking about his death. Peter was speaking about his death. And Peter actually died, you know, um, um, as, as the Lord Jesus told him in the book of John. You know, Jesus visited him. In John chapter 21, verse 5 to 19, we will not read, but Jesus looked at him and said, Simon, Simon, loveth me more than this. So when Peter finally accepted the, the commission, the Bible says the Lord was revealing to him by the death with which we glorify him. You, you know that is written there. John chapter 21, if you look at, I think around verse 19, 20, you'll see where it's written there that it will glorify God by certain death. So he was aware. Now, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 now, he was now telling everybody, I'm ready to put this tabernacle away. I'm ready to die as my Lord Jesus told me. What has moved? What has changed? His faith has expanded. His faith has grown. His faith was no longer the weakling faith. You know he had faith when he was walking on the water. It's been recorded today. He's the only disciple that walked on water. Apart from Jesus. When Jesus came, he came. The only one that stepped on water. So he has faith. But then his faith was attacked at some times and crumbled. And then the Lord prayed for him and his faith bounced back. And look at that guy from now little faith of uh, just staying in the, on the upper room and be praying there as the Lord says. And the Holy Spirit filled him. And then he moved to a faith of ready now to die for Jesus. Speaking before everybody with boldness that was seen by all and could be, attest, could be testified by all. May your faith grow. May our faith grow in the name of Jesus. So the question is, did Peter finally win the battle? Because he was finally killed. Some persons said they were killed, uh, nailed to the cross upside down. Even though the Bible, scripture didn't mention it expressly, but it's in the church history. You know, if you read the history of the church, of the early church, you'll you find it there, how they were all massacred. Some of them were sawed into two with saw, slashed into two. Some were thrown into the hoy, hot hoy. Some were hoid, you know, to lion for food. How many of you have read Torture for Christ? How many of us have read Torture for Christ? Uh, let's read this book. So they are very good. Torture for Christ. Oh, amen. Huh? Those scriptures in our book of those days. Another one, Torture for His Name. <laughs> if you read those books, eh, you would understand that for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Scripture says sometimes they will punish the apostles so well that they will go and be rejoicing. And say, we thank God because we are now partaker of his uh, suffering. See, Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And what? And the fellowship of his... Uh, some, some of us don't want that fellowship. That fellowship is not food fellowship. <laughs> and it's not house fellowship. <laughs> that fellowship is that I might partake. I might be dealt with the way it was dealt with. I might be slapped the way it was slapped for the sake of the gospel. I might be killed the way he was killed. It's a fellowship of his suffering. 
and be made conformable unto his death. That is, I'm like him in death. Because if we are not like him in death, we can't be like him in glory. So we must serve this Jesus. We must understand him to the level of we will die for his sake. And may I just also mention, it's not strange for someone to be so strong in his belief that you can die for it. You know, our brethren from the other religion, this is why they are causing terrorism everywhere. You see somebody in medical school, 400 level, leave his, uh, his or her school and go to Iraq to be fighting with terror and say he wants to be a terrorist. You'll be wondering, I, I thought you were well read. You see somebody, you know, a, a very reputable person in a Western world, we give everything off and go as far as to Yemen and join the terrorists there. And they will tell you that they are ready to die for their faith. That's why Christians are cowards these days. Before we talk, and say, ah, they don't allow it in our office. In my office, in my office, a guy will put his mat there and pray. I mean, anytime he's doing it, not even the plan manager could stop him. In his cubicle, he will put his mat there at a particular time and know the said there and do all the whatever. Whereas if it were a Christian, they don't allow prayer in this office. They don't, they don't allow what? Who says they don't? We're just afraid. We will receive boldness in the name of Jesus. That's what we're talking about today. Faith. For faith to increase. That's, that's what it means. Okay. Peter actually won the battle because of my time. Uh, Peter won the battle. It's not about the death of Peter that determines whether the battle is won or lost. It is about the non-denial of faith to the hand. Do we understand? In Touch of for Christ, there was this lady that has been serving God in a, in a very youthful age, very little girl, and grew up, and they were watching her. They, you know, all these enemies of Christ in that, city, in that country then, I've forgotten the names of all those countries, it's been longer, I read the book, but I remember that story. And they, and they continued to spy on this lady. They said they know when to deal with her. On her wedding day, when she was marching on the hall, I mean, to the, to the altar, they just, the soldiers just appeared from nowhere. Everybody took over. And they went straight for her. They got her husband, kid her one, put an handcuff in her hand, and no rough hand do that. And today, deny this Jesus of hers, you are going to die like your husband. Right in her eyes, in her presence there. And she just looked at the handcuff and lifted it up. Thank you, my heavenly husband, for this wedding gift. Take me away. How many of us can do that? Father, pull the cup. They put him on stake. I mean, tie him to a stake and put, put some foil on him. We're going to burn you to fire, I mean, to flames right now if you don't deny that Jesus. He said, 83 years of my life, he has been faithful to me. How can I deny my king, the lover of my soul? 83 years, he has been faithful. They just put fire, and that's it. Fire did not stop them. Not lion could stop them. There's only a story of a very pathetic one. They went for a man in his house and got his little boy. They were all serving God together in their family. Got the man and beat the man and beat hell out of him and got his son. And they put him in front. They were beating a very little boy, beating him for the sake of Christ. And they said, we're going to kill your boy if you don't deny Jesus. We're going to kill your boy. They're just eating that boy. And the, the father was crying. I can't wait. I can't see this, this, uh, this scene. I can't stand it. I'm, I'm going to deny this Jesus. Please leave him. Let him just deny. The boy looked back and said, I hate to have a coward as a father. Daddy, you cannot deny Jesus. The worst that will happen is my life. They took that boy's life. But guess what? He's in glory. May the Lord strengthen our faith. If we don't give up to the end, that's the, this is the victory. And it says this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. That's the victory. If we don't give up to the end. Many times, just little things happen to us. And then we are like, where's that God self? After all that I do for God. After all that I do for May we not backslide in our spirit. 
Because many are backslidden. They are just coming to church, but their spirit is gone from the Lord. If you read the open heaven this morning, these people will honor me with their lips, but their heart is far away. May that not be our story in the name of Jesus Christ. The guys, I would not have a dad, I mean a coward as a father. A little boy, they still took, they take, they still take his, uh, they took his life. The one that interested me most was when the soldiers were lining the Christian down, they put their heads down and they were chopping their head one after the other, one after the other, one after the other. Boom, died, kicking him into the bush, I mean to the river. Boom, died, kicking him to the river. All this one we see they do today with ISIS do for Christian, you know. That's the same thing they've been doing. It's not new. And so one of the soldiers, the Lord just opened his eyes and he saw that each time we cut their head, it's the body we see. They rise up with joy in there and they are just ascending in a glorious manner. And the soldier was looking. At the court, they were going. He just dropped his sword. He said, please cut me. Please cut me. <laughs> it's like this thing is real. He dropped his he said, he knelt down, he said, please cut me. And for that, Jesus. And of course, that's what they killed him, of course. Where do you think he will go? Heaven. Heaven. May our faith not fail. If that's all we're able to do today, it's important. In the northern part of Nigeria, I heard a story. My pastor told me several years ago, because I think it was in the north at that time. He said, this, this man of God, very known, well known. But everybody, even the Muslim world, they know him. And uh, you know, Briar, is Briar here? Briar, okay. Briar was part of uh, people in the north then that saw the hell of uh, attack on Christianity. Right, sir? When, they, when the battle starts, whenever they want to do their stuff, they, they know the Christian. They run towards Christian first. They know where to go. So they ran towards this man of God. Very highly known and everybody knew him. And when they told him that there are attacks, everybody's around his compound. The man was scared. He was trying to cover his family. He was running at a scatter. And then they just, stop there! And we will kill you today. You must deny this Jesus. Because your time has come. You've been having mouth all this while. You've been pushing everywhere. We're going to, today's your last day. You're breaking the last. And he looked at him. I said, is it not just to deny Jesus? At least you will save my family. You will spare me. No problem. His thought was, when I deny him, uh, tomorrow I will pick him up again. Is that not smart? We are behaving. And he said, okay, yes, I will deny him. So please, just save my family, save me. The head of the, of the, of the terrorist, this who came to him, said, Pastor, what came over you? We knew you. We knew how strong you were. You were one of those people that everyone will follow in this city. What came over you? Killed the infidel. And they killed him still. That judgment is in God's hand, right? But what a sad story. Your faith will not fail. In the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter what we face, what betide, what confronts us right now. We are overcomers already. Jesus didn't say we are going, I'm going to overcome the world. Say, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. We are overcomers already. So faith is the bedrock on which everything about our life as Christian is based. Everything that is based. And if you look at First Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 8, I will not have time to go through them all. But he says in that, um, I mean, I wanted us to talk one by one on those, uh, on those quality that was mentioned. But we will not have to say, Second Peter, I mean to say, Second Peter chapter 1. He said, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to what? To your faith. Because faith is the bedrock. Faith must be there before all other things can come. So in other words, prayer without faith is useless. Everything done outside faith, the Bible even causes sin. Coming to the presence of God in worship and you know, with the brethren, without faith, it's a waste of time. Reading the scripture without faith, it's a waste of time. 
So faith is the bedrock of everything. Say, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patient godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. He said, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So all of these things are to be added to our faith for our faith to, I mean, for us to become strong, to build our capacity as Christians. Add to your faith. Okay, maybe we should just wrap up there. What is virtue? Add to your faith virtue. What is virtue? Yes, what does virtue mean? This is Bible study, right? So let's, let's you know, discuss everyone another. What does, what does it mean to have virtue? What is virtue? Yes, virtuous woman. Like Apostle Seman would say, virtue has nothing to do with women. <laughs> Everybody should be virtuous. <laughs> okay, I've never seen a conference that say virtuous man before. Sister Miracle, what is virtue? We'll wrap up on that note. I think what came to mind is character. Thank you. Thank you. I'll give Apostle Seman's uh, definition, and I love that. Degree of your character to the closeness to the character of Christ. Degree of our character close to the character of Christ. How close is our character with the character of Jesus Christ? So, next question. What are the characters of Christ? What do we see in Christ? See if you know you raise up your hand. <laughs> okay, I have a, a sister here. Yes, ma'am. The fruit of the spirits. Like what, ma'am? Love, joy, <laughs> peace. <laughs> All of that were found love, in Christ. Yes. The fruit of the Spirit, Spirit. Love, joy, peace, and gentleness, and meekness, and so on and so forth. Thank you so much, Ma. Okay, yes, what are characters of Christ? Yes, there are still many more. Yes, sir. Humility. Humility. Let this man be in you, which was also in So, what shows, in fact, maybe I can quickly skip that if I have my slide. There are three things that indices that shows that a child of God is growing. Number one, the transformation we have experienced. The transformation that you experience. That this year I was, I was not an humble person. But because of the word of God, I became so humble because I read in the scripture, like me. I know Brother Funshaw has also given that uh, testimony about himself too. That one of the issues that he had was pride. Right, sir? I equally had problem with pride initially. I'm like, ah, this man is humble. He's a deliberate too. <laughs> He's deliberate. The word of God has to work on you. If the word of God does not work on you, on us, then I don't know what Christianity we are professing. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So the, the, the first indices that shows that we are growing is how much of God's word, how much transformation God's word has caused in our lives. How much transformation? What gets me angry last year? Not all of them can get me angry this year. I've grown now. Many of <laughs> if what still gets you angry last year is still what is provoking you this year, and it's been provoking five years ago, something is wrong. Let's go back to this word and pray. Father, deal with it in my heart. Deal with it. Help me. Sometimes I was praying to God. Sometimes I said, God, when I'm angry, I don't want to react. Help me that I don't react. Help me. And God really helped me. Because when we were coming to ministry then, I mean, when, some 10 years ago, and we are going to start the trial, like, God, I can't, I can't, I am not patient with people. I'm, I'm not patient with people. I'm going to scatter everything. I don't like people to cross my path. Hey, they will cross your path. God will even put people to step on your toes very well. And they will say, our oh, pastor is so gentle. It's the word of God. The word must transform us. That's one first indices. Let this might be in you. Philippians chapter 2, 5. Which was also in Christ Jesus. We must be humble. If I the day I read it, that it gives grace to the humble. And resist the proud. That's still it up for me. Thank you, sir, for that. Yes, other character of Christ. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, I have hands at the back. Okay, yes, ma'am. Holiness. Holiness. Holiness, purity. Found nothing in him. Devil came to him and found nothing. That's the kind of life God wants us to live. Matthew 5:48. Be you holy, be you perfect as Heavenly Father is perfect. Holiness. Yes, order. Yes, sir. If I, I would say diligence. Diligence. Thank you. Christ was very diligent. Yes, Raymond. Christ was very diligent. Righteousness. Sorry? Righteousness. Righteousness. First John chapter 3, I think verse 7, say, He that doeth righteously is righteous. We must do right. So this day we say righteous is imputed on us and we are living anyhow. No, you must do righteously. Yes, daddy. Yes, sir. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Jesus sacrificed. Thank you. Gloria. Very quickly. Compassion. Compassion. Do we know every miracle that Jesus did was true compassion? Everything. He was not driven by, I can do it. Devil wanted him to turn stone to bread and show ego. I can do it. But no, he will have compassion on them. In fact, at the time, at the tomb of Lazarus, Jesus wept. King of kings wept. Habba. He was too compassionate. He was too compassionate. Are we not to be compassion? I mean, to, be, to have compassion for one another? That's what is expected of us. That's virtue. The closeness of our character to the character of Christ. And the scripture says, add to your faith. Now, he said, then, and to virtue, what? Knowledge. To virtue, what? Knowledge. What is knowledge? What is knowledge? Yes, quickly, 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 quickly. What is knowledge? Yes, sir. Oh, okay, yes, sir. Brother? The word of God. Word of God is knowledge? Yes. Thank you, sir. That's a very simple answer, right? The word of God. <laughs> Thank you for that. Okay? Yeah. That's our young brother there. Understanding of something. Damola, God bless you. Understanding of Now, of course, you want to talk. <laughs> Understanding of uh, something. Thank you. That's, that's, under, that's knowledge. Having an understanding. Yes? Now, number two indices. Please write it down. Now, the first indices to know you are, you are growing is what? Transformation. Be you transformed by the renewal of your mind. Number two indices is understanding that you have of the things or the system of God. The level of understanding that we have concerning. See, many of us, we are not growing in the knowledge. First Peter, I think, chapter 3, verse 8 says, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Many of us are not developing in our knowledge. We are not growing. What we knew five years ago is all that we know. By God's grace, as we move on, we're going to talk a little bit about knowledge. The understanding we have concerning the, the operations of the system of heaven that's very important. When we say, you know, I put here a spiritual understanding of the principles of God that we acquire and the application of it through faith. Many people, if we don't know, how do we apply? We need to know. Hosea chapter 6 verse 6, I love that scripture. Say we will know after we follow on to know. We continue to press so that we can know. That's why we study. Study to show yourself approved. Second Timothy 2.15, right? A workman. But study to show yourself approved unto who? Unto your pastor? Unto your Sunday school teacher? Unto God. If God is marking your record, <laughs> we know that's a very strict one. If God is the one that will mark our record of studying, then it will take grace to pass. So study. Brethren, let's study. Let's have, in the place of reading, in the place of studying, in the place of wanting to know, we will know when we follow on to know. Hosea 6.6. 6. In the place of wanting to know, revelations will just come to you. We just jump at you. Say, ah, I did not know this is what this one, this scripture I've been saying all along. Like Bishop Oedipo one day said he was in his hotel room and he just saw it and he shouted, I will never be poor because of what I saw in the Bible. Not anywhere else. 
And he said he rushed quickly and called his father and the Lord. Sir, I found it. I found it. He said, calm down. What did you find? I found it. I will never be poor. I found it. He said, ah, it has always been there. It's always been there. But we need to add knowledge to our faith. So that our faith can be strengthened. Amen. And then he said to knowledge what? Add to knowledge what? Temperance. And please, what is temperance? Quickly. Sorry, I'm hearing. Self-control. Patient. Patient. Okay, because patient is still there, but... Moderation. Sir? Moderation. Moderation. Yes. Tolerance. 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 God wants us to add tolerance. Tolerating people. Building capacity. Our tolerance level must, must grow. Okay? Some persons easily, they are easily provoked. Easily. It, it makes me to do it. Nobody should be able to make us to do anything. We should, have, we should grow past that. And if we still have that challenge, we can pray to the Lord. Lord, no, I want to be calm and cool and collected, they say, right? Just cool. They are just doing their home. You are just watching. You are just watching. And when the Lord will, will fight for you, <laughs> everybody will be afraid. Tolerance, level of tolerance. Some of us cannot tolerate anything. We are easily irritated. Put temperance. Temperance. Yeah, let's quickly go on because of our time. And to, pay, to temperance, that's why I don't want to take patience fully. But to temperance what? Patience. You raise up your answer. To temperance, you put patience. Because there are two different things. God wants us to be patient. Said as we are encompassed around with so great a cloud of witness. Where's that? Hebrew chapter 12 verse, verse 1. Let us run with patience. The race that is set before us. Looking unto the author and of what? Our faith. is the faith. is the starter and the end of our faith. Let's run with patience. Patience. We'll not be able to talk much on this. And it talks about godliness. Of course, everybody here knows what godliness is. If you don't know, raise up your hand. Godliness. Godliness with contentment is a... Where do we find that in the scripture? Tinkle, tinkle, little star. Where do we find that in the scripture? We're Bible scholars. Are you also a great grain now? You didn't... <laughs> is it First Timothy chapter 6, verse, verse 6? You can put it up. First Timothy 6, is, I believe. Oh yeah, put it up. Let me see. Let me try my... Let me be sure I'm right. First Timothy 6.6, 6, is that what we have there? Now, I wanted to say something on that. Some people believe, if you go to verse 5, put verse 5 on, sir. First Timothy, oh, oh ma'am, who is there? Okay, but godliness, no, verse 5. Verse 5, it said, perverse what? Of corrupt mind and the destitute of the truth. Supposing what? That's why some people are. They believe when things are rosy for them, they must be godly. Gain is not godliness. They reverse it. Godliness with contentment is the gain. That you get, you're, you're, you're gainfully employed does not mean you're godly. That things are rosy or somebody who is not, who is something, I mean, things are not rosy for does not mean he or she is bad. So people, some people will think gain is godliness. They perverse the truth. The Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain, not gain that is godliness. Do you understand that? Anyway, because of my time, we'll stop here today. Amen. Any question? Oh, okay, it's a miracle. Thank you so much, sir, for the teaching. You're welcome. Um, I, my question is not all that relevant, but the from when we started, you said, why did Jesus pray for Peter? And I, I saw all the points that you gave as to why Jesus prayed for Peter alone. But what would it have caused Jesus to pray for others at that time? Because I know that the Bible said in John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. And from there, it continues to say, um, I'm praying for these people and not only them, those people that are here. Who was praying there? Jesus. And he's praying for everybody already. Yeah. No, so but you are talking about this. No, I'm talking about the example that you gave today. Okay. Like, it wouldn't have cost him anything. And it says that Jesus is at the right hand of God, pray, interceding for us. 
Okay. Like. Thank you. Yeah. I think I got your question, but a very dangerous part too. But I hope uh, we'll be able to understand it. Ah, Lord help us here. <laughs> Pastor, <laughs> Pastor, you, you know, you, you know which, which shoe I am in right now. Uh, may the Lord help us. There are some things, please hear me where. If you don't hear me, understand what I'm saying, please. <laughs> you can meet me after service. <laughs> okay? There are some things that whether you like it or not, it will be. It's been determined. Your prayer won't change it. Do you understand? It's part of the plan. At that moment, it's beyond just you as an entity. It has to do with the will and the purpose of God. As I was saying man this morning, saying something like, if, if Mary, I mean, if Elizabeth had had a baby, not at that time that she had it, that John the Baptist would not have fulfilled the purpose of being the foreigner of Jesus Christ. So Elizabeth had to wait. Because sometimes people who wait longer like that, the child that is coming from them is not just an ordinary. They are always children of purpose. Look at Samuel. Samuel came because God had a need for a prophet. There are some things in the spirit realm that they are determined. And God, Jesus, knew this will happen. What he told Peter that will happen, will happen. You will deny me. It's not, it's not about uh, I would flesh Moses. I would. He knows it will happen. And it's the same thing in our own days, please. God is so many potent. He does whatever places him, the Bible says. So when we have privilege of just praying and uh, contending some things and, and God gives us permission, don't think you are powerful than God. <laughs> don't think that God I can suppress him with my argument. Hey, it's God. God can kill us now. Nothing will happen. He sent Lebuchadnezzar to seven years of uh, animal life into the zoo. What happened? Nothing. Some things are determined. However, there are also systems that can counter them or mitigate them and it will end up to still be to the glory of God. It's been determined that Jesus will die on the cross. There is no prayer that will change it. Do we understand? And he's the only one that will die on the cross for the bread and not you and I. Do we understand? So if you kill yourself for somebody, you can't redeem anybody's sin. It's Jesus that had that assignment. He's been determined. But God now had to meet again. Why was Jesus praying in the garden of Gethsemane? So he might receive strength and grace to go through what has been determined. That the disciple will live and run away from him. He's been written, been prophesied. They would desert him. Do we understand? It's been written. So Jesus cannot pray against these things that are written. He knows them. But he can only say that even though it is written, you will mitigate grace, we see you through it. And now, ah, no, maybe I should keep that. But it's been determined. Shay, that's clear. And it's been determined the apostle way, all of them will be deserting. It's been prophesied. Okay, yes, sir. I was just looking at John 17, verse 9, where it is written, I pray for them, I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. So we also have to consider the sovereignty of the Almighty. He decides what to do, and we can't question him. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much. So, it's been determined by God that that will happen to fulfill the scripture, to fulfill whatever. And it's also been determined that God knows that I want these people to walk through that trial. Peter, if I did not pray for you, if you go and you are quenched, then uh, the purpose of God that God wants to fulfill through Peter may not come forth. God is sovereign in his thinking. He's sovereign. And maybe that's what Pastor Femi just said now will help me to say what I want to say. There are some things that are determined concerning us. May the Lord grant you understanding. If you dodge your wilderness, you may miss your promised land. There are, they said Jesus must pass through Samaria. Why? 
There are also like that. We must, some of us must pass through Regina, whether you like it or not. And you will think you are the one that is making that decision. It's been determined in the spirit realm that on such so day you will pass through because you are going to be used for somebody or something, something, something. And that, that's beyond you. That's not you. That's God in his sovereignty, as Pastor Femi put it. But it's not all cases, so. Do you understand me? I need to put that disclaimer. It's not all cases. It's just that I pray that the Lord will grant us understanding to be sensitive and know what has been said concerning us. He said, I came, O Lord, to fulfill the books that is written concerning me. Please, if it's not clear for you, we can talk after this service. Amen. But I hope, I hope you understand. I hope I've not caused any trouble. Amen. Any other question? Thank you for that question, Star Miracle. Any other question? No question. Are we blessed today? Star Precious, what? Time is gone already. Next week, are you sure? Ask is less here. Thank you, sir. Yes, My question, I, I think the scripture that we read, that, um, but grace something through faith. Uh, but Ephesians, this is the gift. Ephesians 2, yeah, 8. Yeah, know, it, know, it, know it, know it, know <laughs> it. Ephesians 2.8. Know it. For by, for by grace I will are we saved, saved through, through faith, faith and that not, not of, of yourselves. It is the gift the of, God, of God, lest any man should boast. Thank okay. you. Thank yes. you, Okay, so that means from that scripture, it means grace and faith is a gift. Yeah, okay. So mm -hmm. my question is, when we had the, um, the gift of the Spirit is not there, like as part of the okay. things that has... Okay. So how do we then... It, not that kind of gift we are talking about. We're talking of it's a privilege. It's a privilege we walk into. It's not talking about gift of the Spirit only, okay? But it's a privilege you walk into. That's what he's trying to say by that. You became a Canadian by privilege, okay? For by oath... To, can, to the Queen of England, you became a Canadian. You know, it's a gift that they gave to you. It's not talking about uh, now the nitty-gritty of you becoming a Canadian. Do you understand what I mean? So, yeah, it's just a privilege. It's, that's the word gift that is used in there. And again, saying that it's gift is that we're... Uh, faith is of God. It's God that actually helps us to have faith. It's actually God. You understand what I mean? Okay. I hope I've not confused you. All right. Um, brethren, can we just pray? I, I think uh, time is gone. We hope you were blessed by that teaching. For further inquiries, please visit our website, www.rccgppp.org. You can also check us on Facebook and on YouTube at rccgpppsk, on Instagram and Twitter at rccgppp. If you are within the city of Regina, Canada, you can join us in person at 1771 Bond Street, S4N, 1X7 for a refreshing time in God's presence.